This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. How much is the conversation in the workplace about coronavirus? Has your company asked employees to work from home more often? How worried are you about your kids in school and them being impacted? These are all emotional moments on varying levels. And there's a concern about something called emotional contagion impacting how we are reading the conversations around coronavirus. Sagal Barsad is a management professor here at the Wharton School. She's actually looking at the issue and research she's currently doing, and she joins us on the phone right now. Seagal, great to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, too. Okay, let's start with what exactly emotional contagion is. Sure. So emotional contagion is the phenomenon that we um, literally almost, you know, we, we catch emotions from one another. And, um, and it's funny because it's often considered in sort of a, a viral model. And the way, the way that it works is that, um, you know, one person is, let's say, smiling or very tense, and it's a largely automatic process. And so what happens is we catch each other's facial expression and body language and tone through something called behavioral mimicry, which is uh, infants as young as six weeks old do this. And so we're really kind of bred to do this. And so we mimic the other people. And then through a variety of physiological processes, we actually feel the emotion that we've just mimicked. Now, what makes emotional contagion um, so problematic, particularly when it's negative emotional contagion, is that what our studies have shown is that we don't realize it is happening. And so what happens is that we, you know, we're feeling that emotion and we don't think, oh, you know, I'm really worried about the coronavirus because I've just, you know, heard my workmates talk about it for the past 20 minutes. It's all I heard about on the news on the way in and out. You know, we, we think, oh, wow, we're incredibly anxious and fearful. So we must have really a reason to be anxious and fearful. So then how then does this relate to, to, to this bout with coronavirus and COVID-19? Yeah. So um, I, I would argue that um, that emotional contagion is, um, it, unless we get a hold of it, is going to greatly amplify the damage caused by COVID-19. Because, you know, thank goodness, you know, most people are not going to get COVID-19, but a very, very, very high percentage of us are going to be emotionally contagious negatively. And then the thing is, it's not then that you just feel anxiety and nothing happens, right? Although that in its own right is unpleasant. You know, for all the people who are home and just really worrying about it, that in its own right is already a negative outcome. But in addition, our emotions influence our behavior and our decision-making. And that's something else we really know from the research literature. And one of the things we also know from the research literature is that negative emotions, um, particularly fear and anxiety, really cause us to become very rigid in our decision-making. We're not creative. We're not as analytical. And so we actually make worse decisions. And emotional contagion um, affects everyone, which means that it, it can also affect leaders. It can affect policymakers. Um, you know, it's, it's not um, they have a little bit more um, kind of protection because they have at least the policymakers and experts, you know, really have a good knowledge of the facts. 
But if you're not aware that emotional contagion is influencing you, you could make poorer decisions. So what then do you recommend people need to consider to do, uh, especially with, with all of this, this, uh, this belief out there right now? Right. And so um, the good news is that, um, you know, you, you can be inoculated uh, to a certain degree against emotional contagion. And there are very, very specific things that, that you can do. The first is actually what this, this radio program is doing right now, which is know that emotional contagion exists. That really is just that knowledge is a form of inoculation and it's and and in its own right, because we have data from other subconscious processes that when we know of something that's more automatic and we know about it, that actually helps us to realize that and to resist it. And so, you know, if you're feeling incredibly anxious or fearful, ask yourself, you know, are, are you really, you know, do you really have a reason to feel this way? Or, you know, is it your friends or your social media feeds or, or news from non-expert sources, you know, that is leading you to feel that way? Well, so, yeah. go ahead, finish um, up. So that, well, well that's the, the first thing. There are a couple of other things that you can also do about it, um, which is you can also try, um, again, because it's automatic, you can try to reduce the amount of feedback in. So lessen the amount that you look at, you know, um, news that's not from experts, you know, social media, or even bringing it up with others at work um, or your cashier at the supermarket or your family. Um, you know, on the one hand, this is a really natural topic of conversation for everyone. And, but there's not a whole lot to say about it at this point. And so most of what's said about it involves fears or stories that are interesting, which are mainly negative. And, you know, I've been hearing from people all over the country where, you know, their coworkers are, you know, talking about, well, we shouldn't let anybody in who comes from a state that has had the coronavirus. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, right. complaining that they can't buy, you know, Clorox wipes or that, you know, <laughs> how they woke up in the middle of the night and kind of had a little bit of a, of a sore throat and took their fever immediately because they were afraid of it. And what that does is, again, it just, it just feeds in to the emotional contagion. Well, that, that and let me jump in here for one second mm-hmm. because that's uh, it's an important topic, and obviously we're trying to do this show and try and bring as much information out as we possibly can. But we are in a time in this country and in our society where there is more media and more contact points mm-hmm. than we've ever seen. And, yeah. and if if it's social media, if you're on Twitter or Facebook, if you're, you know, I, I'm sitting here in the studio with, uh, with a, a business radio channel, a business news mm-hmm. channel on TV, following, it, it's it's everywhere. It, it, yeah. there, you just can't get away from it well, at this point. You know, it's very funny because actually you, you led beautifully to my third point, which is don't ignore it. So... The, the, the way to avoid emotional contagion um, d- doesn't mean that you put your head in the sand and you're like, okay, everything's great. This isn't happening. But it's, in, in fact, to the contrary, you should stay alert so that you can get other information kind of in, right? But be, be judicious about the information that you're taking in, right? Try to turn to healthcare and health policy experts and behavioral, you know, science experts like the show you're doing now. And even, you know, go to multiple experts. Like, look at the CDC and the World Health Organization and the NIH and the financial, you know, like, I'm not, I mean, it, that actually can also help 
with contagion because you're you're feeding in other affective information um, and cognitive information that's going to help you. Right. So I would say yes, you know, it is hard to avoid, but it's also it's also being very purposeful and making the decision that you're going to carry on with your life. And um, and and actually, it's it's interesting in that regard because when you when you get emotional contagion and you're feeling more fearful and anxious. Even, you know, for example, even as an expert in emotional contagion, I, that doesn't mean that I don't feel fearful and anxious, right? right? It's not meant to kind of reduce it entirely. But when I feel fearful and anxious, I'm like, okay, I, I stop myself and I'm like, all right, how much of this is really me? Yeah. And because, it, you know, and how much of it is everything else? And I'll tell you, and this is what a lot of your show has also been about, is the thing that is dangerous about emotional contagion in a COVID-19 situation or any, you know, public health or, or um, other situation is that it can lead to really problematic second order effects, right? And right. That's, that's what your speakers have been talking about, um, bo- both personally in the form of fear and anxiety, but also societally. So, for example, the Surgeon General in treating people to not hoard masks that they really don't need, but healthcare workers do need so they don't infect other people, right? Right. Um, or the secondary pain of all the economic consequences that, that, you know, you've been talking about. And so one of the things as you're thinking about emotional contagion is to think, you know, don't do more than what you're being asked to do um, by the healthcare experts. And of course, if you are asked to do something or you need to be quarantined, there's no question, right? But if you do extra things out of panic, then worse things can happen. And I think there's a tremendous pressure right now on leaders and organizations to take extreme action, um, both as kind of a moral high ground and liability, right? right? So, so, but what we don't put into that equation when we're making those decisions and we're canceling things that maybe we have not been asked to cancel is what is the further damage that could come from that, and how long can you do that? Is there a, a, a dynamic when you're thinking about emotional contagion of the level of severity that may be at play? Like thinking about you know, something that may occur here in Philadelphia that mm-hmm. is a significant event that impacts people here in the Philadelphia area is obviously much different than what we're talking about here with coronavirus or going back in time, thinking about the recession or Mm -hmm. thinking about 9-11 or, you know, all of these other events that are on a more national scope. You know, it's interesting you say that because um, uh, one of the things, for example, that happened in the the last huge um, uh, economic downturn, um, uh, for what it's worth, I was saying the same thing. Because what was what was happening there is that even though it was national in scope, again, the contagion is automatic, right? So it's a question of how much are you being affected by it? You're still seeing it on the news. And one of the things that happened in, the, in that huge downturn is that people who were not at financial risk, because they're getting all this stuff coming at them and they're hearing all these stories, they genuinely become anxious. Again, I should make it clear, you really feel this way. It's not like cognitive and that, you know, you really feel that way. And then they were restricting their spending, which then led to even worse effects, right? So what I would say is, you know, of course, it gets, it, it does get even more intense when it becomes closer to you. And the reason for that is because you hear more and more and you do have more of a legitimate fear that something might affect you. Right. You know, so, so yes, but national events 
can be remarkably powerful. Yeah, 9-11, you know, yes, actually there were studies that showed that people in, in Manhattan were more effective from a, from a psychological health perspective. But so were people farther out in the country, too. Yep, absolutely. Seagal, greatly appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you for coming on. I look forward to seeing you again down the road. Thank you, and thank you for doing this show. Thank you, Seagal. Seagal Barsad, Management Professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.